The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At the same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to the infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, Jesus said to them privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning and welcome uh, back to church in person. Welcome home, everyone. (laughs) It's great uh, to be able to meet with you. Uh, If someone's joining us online, welcome to those who are joining us online. Uh, There's probably a few things different that you may notice this morning. You you will have seen uh, some of the things online, but seeing them in person, it's different. There's cameras in the room. Uh, There's a TV that's here. And so uh, Steeple Church has joined us at at 5pm they're meeting uh, whilst their building is being renovated. And so we've got one of their TVs, which is nice because it's bigger than our TV. And which is nicer still because we have an earthquake casualty, which is our projector, which now no longer points at our screen. (laughs) Now, you may find this as potentially a temporary thing, or you may think, well, actually, I like a TV here rather than a projection screen. And one of the reasons you may like it is because the stained glass windows we've raised all the money for are visible. And so in nine months' time at the end, we may go, hey, we'd like a TV instead of a projector. And that may be something we put some money towards. Uh, you may notice I've got a nice lectern. This is a steeple lectern. It's temporary. I'm going to see if I can steal it because I like it. I don't like a music stand, but I, I do like this. Uh, so welcome. It's great to have you here. Uh, I'm so glad we can meet in person again. And I'm glad we can stream online as well. And so each week it'll be there on YouTube There's some things that will teethe with that in terms of it is challenging to do both at once, but we'll we'll get there. This morning, we're looking at Luke's gospel. We're looking at the second half of the passage that we looked at last week. And so what I want uh, to do for you is to give you a little bit of context uh, for those that didn't hear the message uh, last week. At the start of uh, Luke's gospel in chapter 10, uh, Jesus is sending out the 70. Uh, You may have heard me say 70 or 72, it depends on the translation that you use. Some, somewhere along the line, the, the number got slightly mixed up. Some people think 70 is a more biblical number, and so that's the right number. Some people prefer 72 uh, because a certain translation uses 72, 70 or 72. Jesus sent out a big bunch of people. He sent them out in succession 
after he'd already sent out uh, the uh, disciples, so the, the 12, and we are the following group, the going to all the earth uh, to bring the good news of the kingdom. That, that's the commission that he gives to us. And so what we have in here in the sending out of the 70 is a pattern for us. And so Jesus sends out the 70 and he says to them, take nothing, I'm your provision, I give you what you need, go to the city I tell you, and there bring the good news of the kingdom. And so they go to the city and I don't know if, if Jesus sent us to Melbourne and, and said, go to the city and bring the good news, you'd arrive and go, well, it's a big place. <laughs> well, where, where am I meant to go? Jesus, like, surely you missed a, a step in the direction, but he gives them a, a framework to operate in, in a city that doesn't know him. And the, the framework is this, go to a place, uh, meet people if they welcome you and offer you hospitality receive it. If they don't welcome you, don't receive it. Where people receive you, that's where I want you to bring the good news of the kingdom. Pray for the sick, see them healed. If they don't receive you, brush off the dust from your feet, move on. That's not where you're meant to be. Don't take the rejection personally because it's not them rejecting you, it's them rejecting me. Move on and find the house where I've called you to go. And so this is the pattern that Jesus gives for the disciples. And they, they eat, they bring the good news of the kingdom, they heal the sick. And in this passage that we've heard this morning, the 70 return. They've been out on mission, they've visited the city, they've embraced success and, and failure. And they've come back and they've said to Jesus, as they've returned with joy, recognizing that they were able to actually do all that Jesus was doing. So the, the demons are fled the people were healed. The kingdom of God came. And so they were celebrating their success. And they say, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. And he says to them, I, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I've given you authority. They saw all Jesus had done. He sent them out with his authority. And they were able to do all Jesus had done. They were surprised. I've given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You see, it's very easy when we're given a task to do, to base our measure of success on what we are able to achieve. But Jesus' instruction to the disciples is, don't celebrate the success of healing. Don't celebrate the success of demons being driven out. Don't celebrate that success. Celebrate where your names are written. Don't celebrate uh, the, that you got fed well. Celebrate where your names are written. And not only celebrate where your names are written, celebrate where those names are are now written. And so Jesus is instructing the 70 to, to have right priorities. I can imagine if we all went out and saw a whole bunch of people healed, we would be celebrating that success. But Jesus says, well, actually, my, my real success is about people. And, and the real priority for me is about people being included in my kingdom. And so for a city that didn't know me, let's celebrate that names are now written in heaven. And so Jesus 
celebrates next in verse 21 and following, uh, Jesus rejoices with the Holy Spirit and he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent uh, and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and everyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him to. The disciples are are blessed for what they have seen. Uh, They're being let into a window that actually, the, the, the aim of the church is not just about getting people in the door it's about getting people in relationship that as jesus reveals who the father is people are invited into relationship with him also and so our purpose as a church uh, has clarified is clarified in this moment as we're called to go and do what the 70 the 72 did now as we look at the history of the church uh, i think some fatal things happen really early in the history of the church. So look at 300 AD and the, the meshing of the kingdom of God with the political sphere. That was a really big mistake because what happened as a result of it is, well, everyone just assumed what Caesar believed was what they believed. And so suddenly the default was you were a Christian. If you've grown up in Western society, the default is you are a Christian. And over the last hundred years, we've seen this kind of pulling apart of the fabric of political and religious spheres, which I think is entirely appropriate. And where that's left us is we as a church are kind of still living in the past, but the future is now. And when we live in the past, there's actually no purpose to serve Jesus' mission if everyone's in the kingdom. And we send missionaries overseas because we don't need to do mission here. But suddenly, in the last hundred years, we've been exposed because... A lot of people that would have sat in the church by default and not in the church. Well, why is that? Because it's not the assumed thing that you do. And so suddenly there's a mission outside of our walls, but the enemy has sought to kind of press us and trap us in the walls, thinking our business is done here. But actually our business, like the disciples, like the 72, like the early church, is out there. And our commission is to bring the good news of the kingdom. I wonder... If someone asked you, uh, tell me what is it that you believe, how you go at giving them a bit of a presentation of the Christian faith in a way that's relevant and a way that connects them. How how would you go? I think lots of us would struggle. I think think if, if I asked you on the spot now to give me something, you'd feel a little bit caught in the spotlight. Maybe you have something better, but it would just disappear from your mind. I, I want us to get to a place where we're confident in presenting the gospel in a way that is relevant. Uh, this is something for everyone from Hamish or, or Holly's age uh, right through uh, to the, you know, the latter years of your life. You, you need to be able to share the gospel in a way that reaches to people. And so that's what, I'm, that's what I've brought up a a whiteboard for us today because I'm going to draw, and if you're up near the back and need to come closer to see, I've hopefully got one that's visible. I'm going to give you a presentation of the gospel that's hopefully accessible for you that you can explain to other people that will reach people where they're at. One of the questions that it kind of centers around is uh, the brokenness of the world and what the solution is. 
I, I think you could ask anyone in this world, uh, do you see the brokenness around you? And they'd say yes. And they could list off a whole bunch of examples of brokenness. And you could then ask them, well, what's your solution to the, the brokenness of this world? What, what do you think is the solution? And after they've shared, you'd have the opportunity to share yourself. And so, so it begins like this. Uh, you start with the world that we live in. And the world that we live in is broken. Uh, we see that brokenness in murder. Uh, we see it in the abduction of Chloe. Uh, we see it in uh, broken relationships. We see it in disease. Does anyone want to throw out another way in which we see the world is broken? Conflict and war. Corruption. Uh, people abusing power. We see a, a broken world. But... God's original design was actually he designed the world from love for love. That we would know his love and that we would know love amongst each other. That we would live in perfect relationship with him and others. That's God's original design. But what got in the way of God's original design is sin entered into the world. So sin entered into the world and brought about Brokenness. Sin is everything from telling a lie right through to murder. And we live in this broken world, and because we live in brokenness, and part of us recognizes that there's beauty beyond brokenness, we, we stretch out to the, the beauty looking for it. It might be that we look for beauty in, in, in music. It might mean that we pursue a way out of brokenness through success in, in career or, or schooling, uh, whatever our sphere. It might be that we stretch out a brokenness uh, through money. It might mean that we stretch out a brokenness through pursuing relationships, seeking to help each other. But the, the nature of stretching out a brokenness is it's like a bungee cord. As we stretch out, it snaps us back into the, the broken world that we live in. Now, God saw the brokenness that we live in, and so he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came into the world that we live in, and he lived the perfect sin-free life. He lived perfectly in relationship with his father, and he lived perfectly in relationship with others. But evil people crucified him on the cross. Yet the cross was not the end for Jesus. He was on the third day raised from the dead, defeating sin and defeating evil and reconciling a relationship with the father now if you turn from your sin so if you turn from your sin and believe in jesus then what a miracle happens you're reconnected in relationship with God and God makes you a brand new person. See, God's solution to brokenness is an inside job that each person will come to this place of understanding their original design and then living this original design. That's the presentation. You don't have to use the exact words that I used. Uh, I think it's really accessible. It starts with a place that anyone can identify with, the brokenness of this world, and it talks about the Christian solution to brokenness. And 
what happens as a result of being reconciled to, to God's original design is relationships uh, begin to work better. We, over life, are transformed to be more and more like Jesus. Now, I can put this up here, and I'm pretty sure you'll walk away in a minute and forget what I've shared. What I'm wanting us to do, and um, in there's some pencils and cards there, and there's some pencils and cards in the pew. Uh, I want you to find someone else, someone you can partner up with, and I would like you to each have a really short go of sharing what I've just shared now. And so now that I'm telling you this, I'm going to really quickly zip through it again so that you can remember the key points. But I'd like you to have a go. This isn't about success or failure. This is about just learning some tools that, that help us uh, to bring the good news to others. So starting, this is the starting point, the broken world that we live in. We see brokenness around us, examples of that. Uh, but that's not God's original design. God's original design was for love, for us to know him and to know love there and to love others. But sin entered into the world. Really simple definition of sin. It's everything from lying through to murder. It's a whole lot. And that's what leads to brokenness. Yet in brokenness, we try and stretch out of there. And we might do that through careers or relationships, etc. You can think of other ways yourself. But the, the key image there is it's like a bungee cord. You stretch out, but it just rips you back in, uh, eventually rips you back in. God saw the brokenness. His solution was he sent his son Jesus uh, who lived a sin-free life, died on the cross. Uh, the cross was not the end. He was raised to life to reconcile us to our original design and relationship with God. If you turn away from brokenness and sin and believe in Jesus, then he makes you a whole new person and begins that process of restoring you to your original design. All right. Uh, does anyone have any questions? Uh, one person at 9am had a, a question because their, their uh, presentation of the gospel had typically centred around the, the idea of sin. You're a sinful person and you need a saviour. I, I, I don't think uh, sin is the main game here. I think people being reconciled in relationship to God is the main game. And if we make sin the main game... We isolate people rather than getting alongside people because we live in brokenness. We live in the midst of sin. Jesus reconciles us into relationship. Let's have a go at presenting it to those beside us. Uh, I'm including everyone in this, so I'm expecting Hamish to have a crack. And So we've got a few minutes. Let's go. Hopefully you've had a bit of a chance to, to talk about this question, to share it. Uh, hopefully it's gone badly, because that means that you've tried, <laughs> and you're working on it, and that's really good. Uh, one, one thing, so, so when you hit this point, if you shared this image with someone, there's probably a, a few questions that you could ask. One is, well, where do you see yourself in this picture? And most people are going to say, actually... I see myself in this space. And you can ask them the question, where would you like to be? And most people would like to say that they want to be in God's original design. They don't want to live in brokenness. 
And the next question is, well, is there anything stopping you turning to Jesus and inviting him to restore you to God's original design for you? Now, lots of people will come up with things uh, that stop them. Uh, this isn't always an end point, it's, it's a starting point. But, but what's really important for us to recognize is that there's actually two states people can be in. And both are eternal. God's design is heaven, and that's about us being in perfect relationship with him. And that can start now. Heaven can start now. And hell is being in a broken world, and both of these states are eternal. And so when we're thinking about people that don't know Jesus, there's, a, there's an eternity at stake. And brokenness for eternity is far less attractive than God's perfect design. And so the, the starting point again, let me just give it to you briefly again. We, we live in a broken world. We see it in, in lots of different ways in relationships, in, in evil uh, but that's not God's original design. God's original design was that we'd be uh, in loving relationships with each other and, and know his love and relationship with him. But sin entered into the world. Sin is anything from lying through to murder. And yet we live in a broken world and we try and stretch out of it. And we, we stretch out of it with lots of different things. Some people do alcohol, some people do drugs, some people pursue careers. Eventually, though, this bungee cord just rips us back into the broken world that we live in. Now, God saw brokenness and he, he brought his solution. He sent his son, Jesus. God came, lived the perfect life, was crucified on the cross by evil people. Yet the cross was not the end. He was raised from the dead in order to reconcile us with God's design for the world. Now, all you need to do is turn from brokenness and sin Believe in Jesus and he performs a miracle making you a new person in restoring you to his original design. And so then the question, where do you see yourself? Where would you like to be? Is there anything stopping you? And the, the prayer that we pray is, uh, Lord, I, I turn from sin and brokenness. Everyone in the world doesn't know the word repent, but... Everyone knows what it means to, to turn from sin and brokenness. I turn from sin and brokenness. I choose to believe in Jesus. Uh, make me a new person. And who does the work? God does the work. Uh, what's our work? Like the 72, put it out there <laughs> and invite God to do the work. And if someone says, no, not ready, don't want a part of it, I feel like there's things in the way, keep praying for them and move on because... That's not the place of favor just now, but maybe it will be. But if we never share God's good news, no one's ever going to come to believe because this is news that the world needs to hear that they haven't heard. So this morning, part of the question for us is, well, where do I see myself? I think in lockdown uh, under the government uh, we have kind of felt the, the pressures of brokenness far more because we're, we're kind of not being able to gather together. And, and so you might just be in a moment in faith where you, you're going, I need to turn to Jesus and turn away from brokenness again. I need to believe and I need him to make me new. And so I'm just going to pray 
a little prayer for us as we finish up uh, with a message now. Lord God, we turn away uh, from the brokenness of this world and the sin in this world. We choose to believe in you, Jesus. I choose to believe in you, Jesus. And trust that you will make me new. And we pray this in your name. Amen.